Science can create wonders, setting the world afire with new discoveries that will lead to the improvement of the human condition overall. Science can also create terrors, driving humanity to the brink of madness with the different ways that we can be broken. Sometimes the experiments that lead to the different paths are indistinguishable, and their purpose can only be truly ascertained when called back through the lens of history. I am calling from Elm Lake. The events of the Moon Festival have been lingering with me. Not what Jorge Sanchez did with the Moon, although that was definitely interesting. But what has been stuck in my mind has been the responses of the dolls from the glass eye. It isn't even that they weren't reacting to what was happening with the Moon. Truth be told, to say that they weren't reacting isn't necessarily correct. They were very actively not reacting, at least to the Moons themselves. No, they were reacting to the citizens of the town, and specifically the ones who had taken ownership of them. Under the watchful eyes of the moons, the dolls pointedly did not draw their gaze upwards. I noticed this while trying to keep my own head down. I have grown accustomed to trying to avoid notice, so I was able to perceive the dolls doing the same thing. Eyes cast downwards, faces shifting to try to hold as blank as possible. I know, it sounds crazy, but the dolls clearly had some level of control over their own movements. And I need to learn more about how they do that. And I'm hopeful that the owners of the glass eye will tell me. I'm also hopeful that I've got something in my basket to barter with them but I don't know if anything will be seen as important enough. I thought I'd found something on the ground during the moon festival, but when I looked into my basket afterwards, the item was nowhere to be found. I had grabbed at it, and I felt my fingers close, but it must have been a trick of the mind, or a trick of the light of the moon. It was in reaching for that that I saw Angus's hand dripping blood as he absently stroked the jagged sides of his doll. It filled me with more resolve than I thought possible. I'll visit the glass eye soon. First though, I need to pop into the nest. I haven't seen Georgia Lorraine in some time, and I'm hoping that they haven't run out of their breakfast sandwiches quite yet. It feels like it's been weeks since I've been able to get one, but I have a good feeling about today.
know what I was expecting out of this little town's festivals, but certainly wasn't that. Who could have ever expected such a scientific mind stuck in this relative squalor? I didn't catch his name, because he hasn't been on our radar quite yet, but he soon will be. The excited way that he spun around, almost enthralled by his own actions and accomplishments. I think that there's a way to help him. I just need to spend some time thinking on it. Sam didn't look like she was quite as impressed. But that's maybe because she's more focused on what we do. I mean, I'm focused on that too, but I like being able to see what others can do. In a lot of ways, I can look at their accomplishments as inspiration for my own. Seeing how they adapt to new information bend it to whatever they are trying to do. That gives me a push to help continue our work. Sam doesn't always see that. I've tried to talk to her about why it's so important to me, but she says that she's worried that I'm gonna lose sight of the end goal. I try to reassure her that I never have and never will, but she just says we need to keep our heads down. We'll get the ability to relax at some point, but even this festival was only something that we came to under the guise of research. I'm gonna get through to her someday. We can't always spend our time working so hard. The goal is important, of course, but we need to have some time to ourselves. It'll make us better in the long run. That was almost more trouble than it was worth. I know that Riz felt it important to research the residents of Elm Lake in a large gathering, but with what happened, I'm not entirely sure it was worth it. We're better off getting our information in small bursts through one-on-one -on -one interactions. When that strange man flipped his switch, everything almost came tumbling down around us. Yes, it was a magical moment, I'm sure. It was admittedly a struggle not to look at the night sky. It isn't that I didn't want to witness what had occurred. It's just that I know that what we've got coming is going to be so much bigger than what this rabble put together. <laughs> we will lead them to a new age, and I didn't want to let their achievements get in the way of our own. I had to remind Riz to look at the crowd only, to get a feel for who might be coming to our door soon. And for a moment, I wasn't entirely sure that she was going to hear me. She's never fought back before, but there was a moment 
I was certain she was going to join the rest of Elm Lake and looking at the sky and that just wouldn't do. That's why I reminded her of her mother. A whispered word, a simple name. And Riz was right back with me, focused on our goals and what we need to accomplish. I noticed that Anthony person breaking free of the crowd and whatever spell happened to be holding them, but paid him no mind. Now he isn't in line for one of our gifts, at least not yet. Besides, he wasn't coming our way, even if he did glance at us a few times. No. He seemed to be making his way towards the outskirts of town. The place he has found this is Solace. In the night of dawn, however, I found myself thinking more and more about the events of the last night, and specifically any of the residents of town that might be coming to the glass eye soon. My memories bounced between Riz and her almost rebellion, the young woman with the basket, one I need to handle with the utmost care. The other, well, that will require a sterner hand and a more forthright approach. It's the morning after the Moon Festival here in this little town, and I'm still buzzing. I don't think I've ever seen a community come together quite like that before. It fills me with hope that what we are doing here will help them even more than I originally thought it would. Sure, they don't quite realize exactly how we're able to help. But we're gonna do it. And it's going to be glorious. I'm busy thinking about Angus and the way that his hand ran red over his own acquisition. When I noticed a person walking around outside of our large window, I hadn't considered them, not seriously. At least not yet. Sam's in the back room, so I can only hope that the door stays shut for a little while longer. Hello? I've got some questions. Oh, and I brought some sandwiches. Picked up the last of them available from the nest this morning. Is there anybody around? Uh, oh, hello. Um, we aren't officially open, just must have forgotten to lock the door this morning. Oh, wait, no, no you, you can stay. Uh, please? 
I don't want to be a bother. I just thought that we could talk a little, break some bread, have a conversation. I noticed some of your dolls last night during the Moon Festival, and they piqued my curiosity. But if you need, I can- Now, hold it right there. It won't be a bother at all. Why, the fact that you're here now must just mean that you are the a special customer for today. And it must also mean that this here prize underneath the counter is just for you. What's, what's that? Why, I agree. She sure does seem nice. All right, this one's all yours. What say we make this a barter deal? Two sandwiches for this doll? And we can set up a later time for your questions if you still have them. I'm afraid Sam isn't around right now, and I wouldn't want to speak out of turn. I think that would be alright. I'll just set down the sandwiches and- Oh, she's fairly small. I'll just tuck her into my basket. I'm sorry again for the trouble. We'll set up a time to talk later. Oh, no trouble. No trouble. Thank you for the sandwiches, and enjoy your purchase. Sam, honey, can you come out here? Who was that? And why were they here? No, we aren't supposed to be disturbed at this hour. Oh, just another customer. The girl with the basket. She's got questions, uh, but now she's got something to spend her time with. I knew I was waiting for someone, but I didn't quite just know who. Turns out the doll knew exactly, and she was waiting. Calling from Elm Lake, episode 35. Third Purchase was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Jenny Fowler is Emma Sala. The voice of Samantha Brower is Malia Hansen. The voice of Marissa Stevens is Scarlett Gray. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. Thank you for listening to our ongoing tale. If you've enjoyed our stories so far, please leave a rating and review. Word of mouth will help us continue to grow and unfold new tales within our universe. You can also join us at www.patreon.com slash callingfromelmlake to help support us as independent artists carving out our own space in this creative world. The exchange of goods can be a wonderful experience, as things that no longer serve one person can be given a new life with a new owner. That new life, however, can take twists and turns never previously anticipated. Breathless abandon or growing dread can occur with as much regularity as standard emptiness or general apathy. Be careful when filling your own life with the goods previously held by others, because one can never truly know what attachments linger.